Hey, this is JJ Roberts, host of the Sex 3.0 podcast. Today, I am really, really happy to be talking to a guy who I would describe as a true inspiration and a source of just amazing insight. His book, Clarity, went on to be a number one bestseller, and I can see why. It truly is life-changing. So, I'm psyched just to talk to this guy, Jamie Smart. Hey! Hey, Jamie! So, to start off with, before we get into what you do right now, um, can we talk a little bit about your background, what you used to do? Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, I, you know... Went to school, did the stuff I guess most people do, and then got into working in the world of um, technology and computers way, way back in the 1980s. And then uh, uh, got into doing project management and program management. And these were large organizational change programs. And I became very, very interested in what makes it possible for organizations to change and, and then what makes it possible for people to change. Mm-hmm. Because organizations are basically groups of people doing things. So so I I started exploring something called neurolinguistic programming back in the in the late 90s or mid, mid to late 90s and became fascinated with how the mind works and uh I created businesses around that, did consulting, then got into working with individuals and uh created a a company um that became, you know, the world's leading NLP product company. And by 2008, I was externally, I was doing great. I had a very successful business. I could, you know, travel around the world and, and, uh, you know, uh, had time freedom and all this kind of stuff. But I wasn't feeling fulfilled. I wasn't feeling engaged. I was feeling kind of off purpose. Uh-huh. And, and so I kind of had to go back to the drawing board. So I hired a coach and he started by asking me, you know, what, what are the uh, what are your top ten goals? And so I gave him a list of goals, and he looked through my goals, and and they were sort of you know they were kind of some of the more extreme things or things that seemed extreme to me, like you know go powder skiing in the in the in Katma, in the Himalayas and you know all, all kinds of stuff. But he said, well, he said, Jamie, it seems it seems like a lot of these goals are predicated on the idea that your happiness and your well being or your security would come from achieving them. And I was like, yeah, obviously. And he said, well, uh, it doesn't really work that way. So could we do an experiment? Could we go through the list and cross off the ones that have that built into them and then see what we're left with? So we ended up crossing everything off the list. Uh, and what I discovered, JJ, was that my my kind of game plan for life, my understanding of how life works is that happiness and well-being and peace of mind and security come from outside of us. They come from outside of us in space and time. They come from the future or the past or from our circumstances or our accomplishments. And, and what I discovered was that it absolutely doesn't work that way. Uh-huh. And uh, so that had me do a kind of a, an about-face uh, and... What I learned in the process was that there's a, a that simple misunderstanding about where our experience comes from is 
at the at the root of most of the problems and challenges and issues that people have, and uh, most of the difficulties that we face as individuals and as societies and as an entire species. And so I kind of I kind of get kind of changed direction. And what I've been doing for the last four or five years is just pointing people in the direction of where our experience comes from, uh, helping them see through this misunderstanding and get clarity about the the principles behind behind our experience of life behind our psychology because because what i find jj is that as people start to see through this misunderstanding and start to get a feel for the principles that create our experience they they kind of they kind of relax they get more connected with life and with other people and with themselves and uh, and yeah, more in touch with that inner sense of security and well-being, and they're able to create, you know, uh, uh, more of what they want and uh, and step away from the stuff they don't want. And this is what you call the outside-in misunderstanding. Yeah, that's right. So, what exactly is the outside misunderstanding? Well, in a nutshell, the, mis- the outside-in misunderstanding is the mistaken belief that our our feelings are coming from somewhere other than the principle of thought taking form moment to moment. So it it looks to to us and, and looks to everyone, at least some of the time, as far as I can tell, like their feelings are coming from what someone else has just said to them or done to them or from something that's happening next week or next year or from something that happened last week or last year or when they were a kid. So you hear it all the time. People say, you know, I'll be happy when I get that job or get that car or get right. that relationship or or I, I couldn't be happy if I lost the job or or if uh, my my partner split up with me or if I if I uh, I can't be happy unless I lose the weight or I'm unhappy because of my childhood or my relationship breakup or my uh, rotten partner or my, um, you know, my job or we we regularly ascribe our feelings to external circumstances, the most natural thing in the world, because it really seems like that's how it works. But but it does not work that way. And and just to give to give you a feel for what I mean by it doesn't work that way. People well, it's funny. So I'm sitting in my my flat in Chiswick and the sun's setting, but but the sun's not really setting. It looks like the sun's setting, but actually the earth is uh, is revolving around the sun and the earth is turning on its axis. And so that creates the illusion that the sun is setting. But in actuality, the earth is spinning around the sun. Um, but for millions of, well, not millions of years, but for many thousands of years, people believed, people knew, people mistakenly believed that the sun went around the earth. But it never worked that way, not even like for one day. It never worked that way. The, the earth always revolved on its axis as it went around the sun. And so by the same token, it looks as though our feelings come from outside of us, come from the what other people say or do or from our circumstances or from our past or from the future. But it absolutely does not work that way, not even a little bit of the time. It so, only, only well, works the other way. So a lot of the, the listeners who are not familiar with your work 
obviously this will go against um, a lot of their intuition. So uh, my next question is, why does it feel that way to a lot of people? Well, it feels that way because that's that's how it appears, you know, just like uh, just like people used to think that the world was flat uh, because that's how that's how it seems. It looks flat. Um, it looks like the sun's uh, going around the earth. That's how it seems. Um, and, and when it comes to what what I'm talking about is the principle of thought, the principle of thought is literally can create an experience for us. So so I'll give you an example, JJ. If you're if you're asleep and you're dreaming, you can be walking around in that dream and interacting with other people and situations and places and that sort of thing. And it absolutely looks real, but a hundred percent of that dream experience is being created from within you using the principle of thought moment to moment. It's a mind-made illusion. It's a thought-generated perceptual reality being generated from within you. So are you saying that uh, music doesn't make you feel a certain way, for example? No, no, it definitely doesn't. But, but people will certainly have the experience of listening to music and having feelings either feelings of enjoyment or feeling moved and touched or feeling annoyed if it's certain kinds of music or whatever. <laughs> but a hundred, the funny thing is, if music could make you feel a certain way, then a given piece of music would make everyone experience those same feelings. But that's not the case. You know, the very piece of music that I find trite or uh, uh, annoying, someone else might find beautiful or it might be someone else's favorite song and and whenever they hear it they get swept away and the very music that i find you know moving or breathtaking or awe-inspiring someone else might find it to be like cacophony or or you know uh irritating or who knows because none of that feeling is coming from the music a hundred percent of it is being generated from within me and from within them and in fact the experience, not only the feelings, but the experience of the music. Like, if it wasn't for thought, you wouldn't hear the music in the first place. That's why some people can be tone deaf or colorblind, because that experience is being generated from within. So, um, the outside in misunderstanding, what, um, Obviously, in terms of what I do, I focus on romantic relationships and sexual relationships. Uh, what problems would that cause in the realm of romantic and sexual relationships? Well, I mean, pretty much, pretty much any relationship problem someone runs into is as a result of the outside and misunderstanding. Because if you look, if you if you find uh, someone who's got a relationship problem, I'll show you someone who is experiencing that problem as coming from the other person. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's what, <laughs> That's a big it's, one. <laughs> it's, it's almost inevitably, well, they make me feel this way, or they don't make me feel the way I want to, or they used to make me feel a certain way, and they're not making me feel that way anymore. Uh-huh. Or, or, and, and so, but if I, uh, you know, I say that in a kind of lighthearted way, but here's the, the reality of it is, JJ, is that, can a feeling of connection is 
what's already there for everyone. We're all connected to one another all the time. But what gets in the way of that is, is our thinking, is, is uh, getting caught up in our thinking. And so when we get caught up in our thinking, we get drawn away from the the felt sense of connection with another person. We've all we've all experienced that. Maybe you're you're on a date and it's going real good and you're feeling connected to the other person and then you think, oh, do they like me or did I say the wrong thing or that sort of thing? And all of a sudden the connection the connection's gone. Well the connection hasn't actually gone. It's just that you've put your attention on your thinking rather than the felt sense of connection. And and so that this is natural, you know, as human beings we go in and out of uh, a feeling of connection, depending on where our thinking's at. And the thing about connection is, a feeling of connection is like the the communication superhighway. Uh-huh. You know, if you want to have, if you want to communicate with someone in a way that has impact, in a way that you you understand them and they understand you, and you really get each other, a feeling of connection is the best thing you got going for you is the best thing that's going to help you talk about whatever you need to talk about, hear where the other person's coming from, all that sort of stuff. But the outside in misunderstanding is the enemy of connection. Right. You, know, you're, you get lost in the outside in misunderstanding. You're not going to be feeling connected to the person. It's, and it's going to seem like those uncomfortable feelings are coming from them. So, so this, misunderstanding it looks to me like it's the cause of most relationship problems yeah i mean one of one the one of the the big areas in relationships is obviously in um things like jealousy and possessiveness mm. um are you saying that uh, the outside in misunderstanding means that other people don't make you jealous well so if yeah they they don't there's nothing another no one can make you feel jealous so so you take the very situation that uh, if you if you if you take uh, if you were to take a hundred people, at one end of the spectrum you'll have a bell curve. So a hundred people up against the same relationship situation. At one end of the bell curve, you can have someone who's feeling totally um, connected and loving and. Uh, 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 you know, enjoying the other person while they're, you know, let's say they're at a, let's say they're at a, they're at a swingers club. They're watching their, their lover having sex with someone else and they're enjoying it on their behalf. They're enjoying it. At the other end of the spectrum, you've got someone who's wild with jealousy because they're imagining that their partner is having sex with someone else and it's not even happening. So it, there's no connection between a feeling of jealousy and the material world like there's nothing that you know there's nothing anyone can do that will make you feel jealous and you can feel jealous without someone doing anything you know it's like there's no there's no set of criteria determines <laughs> jealousy they, there's tons of people out, i bet there's people out there right now well i know there's people out there right now who are feeling jealous despite nothing going on because <laughs> A feeling of jealousy, like every other feeling, is being generated from within. It's it's a feeling, it's a feeling that's telling you about your thinking. And so this is this is the this is the interesting thing, JJ, is that you know that uh, my friend Sandy Crotch, she says uh, 
she says your your car engine warning light you know the little warning light in your car that's telling you about your engine it's not telling you about the other person's car it's telling you about your engine well the feeling of jealousy is telling you about you it's not telling you about the other person it's not telling you about their behavior or what they have or haven't done it's telling you about where your head's at so um, why do you think yeah. that um, even people who are in what I call unfenced relationships, not based on the notion of you know, property or ownership or sexual exclusivity, this is the number one thing that they still struggle with, jealousy and possessiveness. Why do you think that is? Well, they, at, at core, it's from, a, from this misunderstanding that I'm pointing to. It's the mistaken belief that our feelings are telling about telling us about something other than the principle of thought taking form in our experience it's it's the the mistaken belief that our feelings are telling us about uh about something outside of us in space or time it's telling us about another person or their behavior because if 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 there was any particular behavior that caused jealousy then anyone whose partner demonstrated that behavior would feel jealous, and that's clearly not the case. So it's just it, the it's the same problem that everyone's up against. It's the mistaken belief that our feelings are coming from somewhere other than our own thinking, other than the principle of thought taking form. Um, and here's the thing, JJ. I'm not sitting on my high horse saying I never get caught up by that. It's I regularly get fooled by my thinking into believing that my feelings of stress or my feelings of anger or my feelings of pressure or my feelings of worry or whatever it might be, and, and it could be jealousy too, are telling me about something other than what's going on inside of me, telling me about something out there in space and time. Mm-hmm. And that's just not the case. It does not work that way. It's a misunderstanding. Just like thinking the earth was flat was a misunderstanding. Just like thinking the sun went round the earth was a misunderstanding. It's a misunderstanding. It's a misunderstanding. Uh, just to give you, just to give you a, a, a feel for the, for, for what I'm pointing to, JJ. Like if you imagine it, a hundred and, let's say a hundred and, let's say two hundred years ago. Let's say the early, early 1800s. People did not know about germs and bacteria. They hadn't been discovered yet. They didn't have microscopes that could see them. People didn't know about germs and bacteria. They believed that illness and disease were caused by bad smells. So if you could take a a well-informed 12-year-old and send them back in time, 200 years, that kid would have a more leverage, could have a more leveraged impact on the health of everyone on the planet than the best educated, best paid doctors of the day. Got it. Because a 12 year old from today would know something about the fact of germs and bacteria that no one knew back then. So just armed with just that rudimentary understanding, that kid would have more impact, assuming they had a platform and that sort of thing, that kid could have more impact than the best informed best paid doctors of the day. Well, it stands to reason if we do the thought experiment that a kid from 200 years from now armed with 
principle uh, armed with knowledge about basic facts of psychology could come back to now and have a bigger impact on the, the psycho- psychological well-being of everyone on the planet than the best informed and best paid psychologists, therapists, counselors, etc. of today. Right. And so, having, having yeah. this, um, this carrying around misunderstandings, it's, it's what you call superstitious thinking? Well, superstitious thinking is what gets generated from that misunderstanding. The moment you believe, so, so if you imagine, uh, sailors, uh, on a boat when, back when they thought the earth was flat, you can imagine those sailors having X amount of worry that the boat would fall off the edge of the planet. Well, there's nothing to worry about. <laughs> it's never going to happen. There might be other things to worry about, like rocks or not knowing about the longitude you're at or that sort of thing. But you're not going to fall off the edge of the, the earth. That's not going to happen. So any concerns they they had about falling off the edge of the earth were pure superstition. It's pure superstitious thinking. Well, any thoughts you have that appear like they're coming from any feet, any angst, feelings or anything like that, that seem like they're coming from somewhere other than the principle of thought taking form moment to moment, that stuff's superstitious thinking. It's not true. It's based on a superstition. It's based on a misunderstanding. It doesn't work that way. So, I mean, how do we actually go about overcoming the challenges caused by these things? Well, the, the, um, the, the bottom line, the, 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 the how to is, is to set a direction, set a direction for getting uh, a better understanding of where your experience is coming from. So that's what all my work is about. My, my job these days is to teach people about, help them see through this misunderstanding. And I, I do that by pointing them to the principles behind clarity. The principles behind the inside out nature of life. And what I find is as people start to get a feel for these principles, uh, things really clear up for them. They start to uh, feel more connected to other people, more connected to life. They, they uh, worry less and stress less. They uh, or, you know, experience more peace and well-being, more inner security. And so the, but here's the thing, the, the first step is to go, okay, well, it makes sense for me to get a better understanding of how life works, better, better understanding of where my experience is coming from. So what I don't do is give people t- tips and techniques because it's not really uh, relevant. The, it's sort of like, if, can I use a metaphor, JJ? Sure. Well, if, if you've got a little kid who doesn't understand the nature of movies, then you've got to be very careful about what content they see because they can get very freaked out. They, you know, they, they don't know that it's a movie. And you can tell them, you, you know, you don't have to be freaked out. It's just a movie. But, but if they don't understand the nature of movies, that doesn't help. Telling them it's just a movie doesn't help. Once they see for themselves, once they get it, once they get movies, once they get TV, you don't have to remind them. They understand. They, they, they get it. So it's the same with this. The, you know, we're walking around in the, uh, in the perceptual equivalent of 
a misunderstanding about the nature of movies. Right. And so the the direction to look in is that of getting a getting an understanding of what you're what you're dealing with, of where your experience is created. And so how we do that is by we uh we we point in this direction we talk about it we say okay you know have you considered this have you considered that and we uh we we look at we look again and again and again at how's your experience created and and what i find is that when people kind of listen to this they get kind of quiet down they start to have the insights see the thing is you and everyone listening to this we all have we all, somewhere inside our consciousness, we already know this. We already know this. And so it's more a matter of, like my job, if you like, is to create a space where people wake up to the fact that where that, where the, this understanding that's already there within their consciousness can step more fully into, into your awareness. And that'll happen. We all have this capacity for insight, which is it's really just another way of saying fresh new thinking. We've all got a capacity for insight. And so it's just a, a way to uh, insight is, you know, just getting you more connected with the truth about life, the truth about how your reality is being connected and created. It's just fresh new thinking that that wakes us up from the habitual patterns of thought that we all get caught in from time to time. And how would um, the way we relate to each other in um, romantic and sexual relationships be different if we actually had that? Well, I'd say, I'd say, you know, everyone listening to this, uh, you've all had the experience that I'm pointing to. You already have this a, a lot of the time because this is how your experience of life is already created. So if you've ever being with someone and you're just being, feeling deeply connected to them, you haven't got a lot on your mind. You haven't got a lot on your mind when you're feeling loving and connected and in the moment with another person. You haven't got a lot on your mind in those moments. Well, in those moments, you're more connected with the reality of how life is being created. You're more connected with it. You're you're not lost in your thinking. You're present. You're in the moment. So it would be more like that more of the time. And that, and that's what I've found, JJ, is, uh, in all my relationships, not just, not just, uh, romantic relationships or sexual relationships, but in all my relationships, I'm, I'm more connected, more present, experience more love, more, uh, peace of mind, more clarity. And, and I get lost less of the time. I still get lost. I still get lost in my thinking, but less frequently. And the, and the nice thing is when I do get lost, it self-corrects a lot more quickly. So there's, there's less, less time spent, spent, uh, spent in the ditch. Mm -hmm. Less wasted emotional energy. Yeah. Let, just less suffering. And one of the the things that I found with what I call uh, 2.0, which is the, the set of rules that were given by society in terms of how we relate to each other, is that um, we're really trained to um, – it trains men and women to use each other to deal with fears and insecurities. I think it's the most natural thing in the world for people to get lost in the outside in illusion. And so when we get lost in that illusion – we get freaked out. We get, we get 
upset. And then we often look outside of ourselves to try and escape from those uncomfortable feelings. If we get lost in our thinking, if we get caught up in the outside in illusion, we're going to get hoodwinked by our thinking. We're, right. we're going to get hoodwinked. Um, uh, but, but there's no doubt that that misunderstanding plays into all kinds of societal structures that, uh, that, and, and that those structures kind of run on that misunderstanding or exist to avoid having to deal with that misunderstanding or to avoid the pain of that misunderstanding. And so seeing through that misunderstanding can help you to make whoever you are, whatever you're up against, seeing through that misunderstanding can help you make the decisions that are right for you. See, the thing is, JJ, we've all got a connection to an inner source of whether you want to call it wisdom or intuition or, uh, uh, you know, deeper intelligence that can guide us in the right way to live our own lives. So there's all kinds of forces in society ranging from, you know, culture to family to friends to employers to advertisers and marketers, all of them with their own, you know, uh, ideas about how we ought to live our lives. But the reality is you have the knowledge with, we each have the knowledge within us to guide us in how best to live our own lives. And uh, no one knows better than you how you ought to live your life. No one. It's You've got that knowledge within you. And the thing that gets in the way of us being guided by that is often the misunderstanding that I'm pointing to. So uh, we talked a little bit earlier about um, security. Mm-hmm. Are you saying that in, um, in uh, sexual and romantic relationships, people are not providing each other with security? No, no, that's not possible. It, it's, it's, uh, it's sort of like, like, this is, I love this metaphor. If you, if, you know how little kids have, uh, transitional objects, like sometimes like security blankets or a teddy bear or something like that? Uh-huh. Well, it'll seem to the kid like their feelings of security and comfort and well-being are coming from that blanket or teddy bear. But it absolute that's not real. It absolutely doesn't work that way. That a hundred percent of those feelings of security and comfort are coming from within the child themselves. If it was coming from the teddy bear, then you would see grown men walking around with teddy bears strapped to them because they want to feel deeply confident and secure. And I know some people probably do that, but but, but the reality is that's just a trick of the mind. Well, it, when we because we because we've bought into that trick of the mind, we then we then do find those adult security blankets and whether it's partners or jobs or money in the bank or, uh, you know, roles or status or whatever. But 100% of those feelings of security, they're, they're coming from within you. In fact, they're natural for you. They're natural for every one of us. That's a feeling of security and peace of, and well-being. Is, is what life feels like when you're not caught up in an illusion. Uh-huh. And you're not caught up in the outside in illusion and with a head full of superstitious thinking. Life feels secure and peaceful and clear. So if, if we are in a relationship and we feel that our partner's providing security, we've just found a bigger teddy bear, basically. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, well said. <laughs> 
One of the um, when I first uh, read your book, actually the first thing I came across was the the audio that you sent me, the um, Clarity Activator, I think it was called. Yeah. One of the things that struck me about your work is that you're really really passionate about what you do. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's why? Can you explain exactly why you're so passionate about what you do? Well, I'll have a crack at it. the The reason I'm so passionate about it is because I I see. Well, it, so I'll give you an example. A few years ago, here in the UK, uh, there, there were riots. Um, they started in London and they spread to the rest of the, the country. And the next day, the newspapers said that behind the riots was a multitude of causes. And they, they attributed it to, um, uh, to uh, social media and BlackBerry Instant Messenger and uh, a... a a have a gap between the haves and the have nots and job culture and gang culture and police funding cuts and, and the tragic shooting of a man called Mark Duggan. And they said this multitude of causes had led to the riots. And I looked at it and what I saw was one cause. So the outside in misunderstanding, it was all the result of people not understanding where their experience comes from. Now, someone might say, well, hang on a second. What about social inequality? That was a cause. Well, social inequality is the result of the outside-in misunderstanding. Greed on an individual or on a societal or on a corporate scale, that's the outside-in misunderstanding. The, the, you know, the papers are full of uh, the invasion of the Ukraine by Russia. That's the outside-in misunderstanding. It's the result of the same thing. Now, back when, back when they thought diseases were caused by bad smells and by spoiled milk and by countless other things. They had a multitude of causes, but it was actually all being caused by a misunderstanding of the nature of germs and bacteria. And so what I see, JJ, is that there's this widespread misunderstanding that's resulting in rising levels of stress-related illness and uh, uh, relationship breakdown and... Uh, uh, crime and violence and war and terrorism and all kinds of misery and unhappiness. And it's all totally unnecessary. It's all the result of a misunderstanding that is widespread. It's the most natural thing in the world that we would be tricked by it. But a time will come when we're not caught up in this. Like the cat's out of the bag. The, the, just like they went for most of human history not knowing about germs and bacteria. But once Ignaz Semmelweis back in the 1840s saw it, he's like, oh, my God, it's it's tiny invisible creatures on people's hands and instruments. The cat was out of the bag and within 60 years, knowledge of it was widespread. And the fact is, most of us listening on this call today, we probably wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for that knowledge. But now it's widespread. Now it's ubiquitous. And we all get to live in a world that would have been unimaginable a couple of hundred years ago because of that understanding. So that's what I see this understanding is, you know, as we see through this misunderstanding, we have the potential to live in a world which is uh, joyful and peaceful and uh, awesome beyond anything we're imagining at the moment. Uh, and the great thing is we get we get the biggest, the most the biggest contribution you can make to an amazing future is seeing this for yourself. You see it for yourself. You're going to be a, 
uh, uh, you're going to be a, a nicer person to be around and more fun and, and you're going to have a better time and you're going to create more of the stuff that matters to you and you're going to have better relationships, whatever they look like and good for you. Now that, you know, seeing this for yourself, waking up to the truth of where your experience is coming from is the most powerful and profound and leveraged thing you can do for humanity. And so I like, I love the simplicity of that. I love the, the, uh, uh, the symmetry of that, the, the kind of enlightened selfishness. <laughs> I, it really works for me. I like that. I like that. So that's why I'm passionate about it, JJ. Um, so what is innate thinking? Innate thinking is just a name I've given to, to, uh, the, the patterns that we're born with. We, we're all born with this innate ability to think and to perceive and to feel, to learn. And, and there are principles behind innate thinking. And these principles were, were discovered or realized about 40 years ago now by a guy called Sid Banks, who was, he was this very insecure guy in his mid forties, uh, Scottish welder living on the West coast of Canada. And he insightfully saw, he, he suddenly, he went from not knowing anything about what we're talking about to suddenly seeing the nature of our experience to seeing how it's created. And he went from being a very insecure, anxious, unhappy guy to being, uh, you know, basically enlightened and peaceful and, and, uh, saw, he, he saw, you know, the stuff that people have been pointing at for the sages and wise, wise people have been pointing at for thousands of years. But the cool thing is that he saw it from a, from a modern perspective. And he saw it as principles. He saw that what we have here is scientific principles behind how our experience is created. And just to give you an idea of the, the impact of that is that psychology is a pre-principles field at the moment. There's, there's no accepted paradigm in psychology. It's a pre-paradigm field. And when principles behind a field are discovered, it transforms the field and transforms our world. So, so, you know, gravity. Newton, people used to think that the planets were kept up in the sky because they were made of something really light, like lighter than balsa wood. And Newton, Newton suddenly saw, no, it's all gravity. It's all gravity. And he, he outlined the principles behind, uh, uh, the laws of motion and that sort of thing. Well, when a field is grounded in principles, the field really takes off. And, you know, psychology is a new field, but now we have principles behind the field and, uh, getting an understanding for principles does something for you. Like if we, if we go specifically, JJ, you were born not knowing about the principle of gravity, but you spent the first five, six years of your life learning all about gravity, learning all about it, so much so that that you've used your understanding of the implications of gravity a thousand times in the last week without even thinking about it. Every time you walk up a flight of stairs or pick up a cup or or uh, jump over something, you're using an innate, under, an implicit understanding of the principles, of, of the principle of gravity. Well, 
So it's automatic. Your understanding of the implications of gravity lead to automatic implementation, automatic application. It's the same with the principles behind innate thinking. You get a, a feel for the principles behind innate thinking. You start to see them showing up everywhere. And pretty soon you get automatic implementation, automatic application. And that does wonders for your enjoyment of life and for your performance and for your uh, connection and relationships and every area of life benefits from an understanding of the principles behind it. So in terms of all of the stuff that we've spoken about so far, what's the difference between really getting this on an intellectual level and actual intuitive understanding? <laughs> I, I, my answer to that's going to sound kind of mean. Uh, <laughs> uh, getting it intellectually is worthless. Uh, getting an intuitive understanding is worth something. It's, there's no value in understanding it intellectually. In fact, I go, I go so far as to say, understanding it intellectually is another way of saying, I don't understand this yet. And the thing is, that's really useful. Like when, when, I, can I, can I use a metaphor for this? Sure. Well, if you, if you imagine that, uh, you've been, hired to by by the CEO of a company and this company's run by a dog and the the CEO says uh thanks for coming here's what I need help with I've got this this thing I've been chasing and uh first thing is it's really fast so I need more speed and um it's it's very agile so I need more agility more flexibility and it's got great strategy as well it's like no matter how well I think out my moves. It's like it's one step ahead of me. So I need more speed and more agility and better strategy. And so you, you, you can see that actually the dog's chasing its own tail. And so you say, well, I, th I think I've got the solution. Uh, it's your tail. Well, if the dog really heard that, assuming it could speak English, if it really, if it really kind of got it, it would kind of go, oh, Great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who do I make the checkout to? Thank you very much. That's cleared up everything. We're all set. But if, if the dog just got an intellectual understanding, it would say, okay, so, uh, how do I stop chasing it? Or, uh, can you give me a methodology for, for not chasing it? Or can you, uh, give me some tips or, or can, how do I remind myself not to chase it? Well, if the dog said any of those things, we just know that it hadn't understood. So, so that's an intellectual understanding An intellectual understanding is actually another way of saying, I don't understand it. And that's worth knowing. It's see the way the brain works. If you go, I understand this intellectually, but blah, 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 blah. The brain goes, Oh, well that can't be the answer then. But that is the answer. The answer is you don't understand it. And so the, learning this stuff, you know, I get I and, you know, start out with the Clarity Activator. People can download that and just go to my website, jamiesmart.com or listen to this interview again. Just it's sort of like those, you know, those magic eye pictures that there are like a, a repeating image. But if you look at them with a kind of soft eyed open gaze, you can see something else behind it. You maybe see a, a dolphin or an emerald or a, a, you know, I don't know what, but, 
But I remember when I first saw those magic eye pictures, I would really be trying to see it. You can't see it when you try and see it, but but when you just kind of relax and kind of back off of it a bit, suddenly it leaps into your awareness. Well, that's what it's like with this. You 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 start pointing in this direction. You start looking in the direction that there's something behind your experience of life. That there are principles behind your experience of life. You start to look in this direction. It's going to leap in your into your consciousness. And telling yourself you understand it intellectually, but it is that's just saying, you know, if that if you hear yourself saying that, just put up your hands and go, okay, you know what, I guess I just don't understand it yet. Or I don't understand it when it comes to this area of my life. Like I've got areas of life where I see this so clearly and other areas where I don't understand it. Where I'm still up against my thinking. Well that you know, welcome to the human experience. That's this is what we're all up against. This is what we're all up against. Uh, but but if what I can assure everyone listening to this is if if you hear or see some merit in what I'm saying, and if it, if it seems to you like I, I could be on to something, point yourself in this direction. Look in the direction I'm pointing in, and you will start to have insights about it, and it'll make a difference for you. It'll make a difference. It'll help you out. It'll do something for you. So that's uh, that's the the best I got for anyone who who's says I understand this intellectually, but JJ is uh, revise that and say, huh? I guess I don't understand it, and then start looking in this direction. And and it's not about getting an intellectual coding of it. It's get, about getting impacted by it. It's about getting hit by it. It's about getting. Uh, uh, about about it, understanding it in a way that it, it does something for you, and you'll know that if you, if when you're listening to this, you start to get a nice feeling, just a kind of, you know, people often describe that they get a kind of settled down kind of feeling or a more relaxed, kind of peaceful feeling. Some people talk about it as they, it's like a feeling of coming home to themselves. And you start to feel that nicer feeling. That'll let you know you're you're seeing something. Even if you couldn't put it into words, it's doing something for you. There's information in the feeling, which is kind of a strange thing to say, but it, it's kind of like when you learn to ride a bike. You know, you learn to ride a bike, and your first first time you're kind of trying to get up. Maybe someone's helping you out or giving you a push or whatever, and and they say to you, you know, you just need to get a sense of balance. And you know, you maybe you're four or five years old. You're like. What is ba- what's a balance? What's that? And they're like, well, it's a feeling. And you're like, what does it feel like? It's like, well, you'll know it when you feel it. You'll know it when you feel it. And there's information in the feeling. And that's, that's going to do something for you. That's going to update your system. That's going to help you out. Is this kind of along the lines of uh, organic transformation? Well, that, I love the, I love that way of talking about it. It is. It's, this is sort of, uh, it's, it's transformation from the inside out. It's, it's waking you up to something that's been there your whole life. And it's reconnecting you with the reality of your being, with the, with the language of your spirit or your soul or the essence of who you are. I mean, there's, there's many, many different ways of talking about it. But what I want to point you to is that this is something that's there for every single one of us. There for every single one of us, and it doesn't have to be a, a struggle, and you don't have to meditate for twenty years, and you you don't have to uh, you don't have to seek and seek and seek. 
is something that's right there inside of you. No matter, no matter what you've been through, no matter what your therapist has told you, no matter how long you've been looking. A question I, I once asked a friend of mine is, uh, how long would it take you to find something if you're looking in the wrong place? And take you forever. Well, almost everyone's looking in the wrong place for what they want. And what they want is a sense of peace and security and well-being and clarity and okayness. And it's right there inside of you. And, uh, and it's there for the finding. It's there for the taking. It's right there inside of you. And, uh, that's what all my work these days is focused around is helping people find that which is already there within them. And I see it again and again and again. And it can work for you. And, uh, and when it does, you're going to have, uh, uh, a twinkle in your eye. And a, and a, a more enjoyable experience of life, and it'll do something for you. And so I, more than anything, JJ, anyone who's listening to this, I want to give you hope. I want to promise you that this is there inside you. It's there for you. And you wake up to that, and everything's going to go better. Relationships are going to go better. Your work's going to go better. Your health's going to go better. Everything goes better when you wake up from a misunderstanding about how your life works. It simplifies things significantly. Speaking about looking in the, the wrong place, that kind of brings me on to the next question. I see that a lot in 2.0, uh-huh. and, and it results in uh, a lot of setting of toxic goals uh-huh. in relationships, I mean. Sure. So, I mean, how do you see that? Um, how do you see um, the role? What role does toxic goals play in relationships? Well, okay, so what I mean, when I talk about toxic goal, I mean any goal that's predicated on the idea that you need to achieve the goal in order to feel secure or peaceful or happy or whatever. Uh-huh. And I see a lot of people going, you know, this is, geez, this is something we're trained for, not only by society and, but, you know, by every love song on the radio and that sort of thing. It's all about you make me feel this way. And I know it looks like that, but the, the, it seems to me that the, the biggest toxic goal of all is I want to find someone who completes me. I want to find, uh, someone who makes me feel a certain way. Now, the, the reality is we, we, uh, there's there's absolutely something to chemistry and uh, meeting people that you click with and get along with and that sort of thing. So I, it's it's interesting. So I like to run retreats. Okay, so I run these kind of uh, group coaching sessions in uh, in quite quite lovely locations that have sunshine and that sort of thing. So like Lanzarote or Spain or the Caribbean and that sort of thing. Now. I like those kind of locations, but at the level of principle, I should be able to run those retreats in a war zone, and it should be. (laughs) But the reality is, I find that running them in a nice location kind of stacks the deck in my favor. The level of principle, you should be able to be in a happy, connected, loving relationship with anyone you like, but uh, it. I find that it's easier to, for it to be, be with people who you click with and have chemistry with and that sort of thing. So I'm not saying, 
I'm not saying to that you shouldn't want to be in relationship with people who you like and love and click with and connect with and find sexy and attractive and that sort of thing. That's the most natural thing in the world. And the more that you see where your experience is coming from, the more you're going to be able to navigate those relationships from a place of clarity and wisdom and connection to who you really are and what really matters to you rather than from a bunch of, you know, potentially toxic outside in misunderstandings. Like I need so-and-so in order to feel okay. I need this kind of person in order to feel complete or, or secure or whatever it might be. So I think it's just, it, it's the, the outside in misunderstanding. The toxic goal is any goal based on the outside in misunderstanding. And, and there's a lot of them and it's, it's very, very normal for people to think that way in relationships, to see it that way. We're trained to, we're trained to think that way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it's a trick of the mind. It doesn't work that way. And so the, the reason there are a lot of unhappy relationships is because people have been looking to their partners to give them something that will actually only ever be found within them, within themselves. You know, as soon as we look, outside ourselves for what we want. And and again, that's not to say that you shouldn't want to be in a relationship with someone who you dig or love or connect with or click with or whatever, but it's it's that misunderstanding creates a whole bunch, has the capacity to create static insecurity. Well, it's the source of insecurity. All insecurity, it results from the outside in misunderstanding. It's what creates insecurity. Have you studied the the psychologic the human psychology of motivation? Well, yeah, in a bunch of different forms. Sure. I was thinking, like, I mean, when you study that stuff, you come across some very basic concepts like intrinsic motivation and extrinsic motivation, for sure. example. And uh, my feeling is that when we're brought up in a two point zero world, we're we're really taught to think of our partners in terms of extrinsic motivation. In other words, you provide me with security or you make me feel. And, you know, like you, you just referred to the love songs on the radio. That's, it's, you listen to the radio for an hour and pretty much all of the songs on the radio say exactly the same thing. Yeah, but, I, think, I think that's, I think it's, well, again, it's the inevitable result of the outside in misunderstanding. You get caught in that misunderstanding. You're going to look outside yourself for whatever you're wanting. And I'm, I'm, I say you, but me too. Like, it's very, very easy. You know, I get hit with a tax bill. And my first thought is, oh, what a da, 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 da. It looks like my feelings are coming from the tax bill or coming from my bank account or whatever. It's not, you know, it's very, normal whatever whether we're talking relationships whether we're talking financial security whether we're talking it's very normal for us to get hoodwinked by this misunderstanding but the the great news jj is that the that's not how it works it's it's mm-hmm. a it's a it's an illusion it's a trick of the mind it's like an optical illusion for the mind and you can see through it and you see through it you're going to experience more freedom um, in every area of life more more freedom in every area of of life and uh that's so to me it's the most powerful way of cleansing cleansing your psychology of uh of 
toxicity uh, caused by misunderstandings, caused by cultural norms, caused by, you know, the huge marketing matrix and all that stuff is to see how it really works. You know, you see how it really works and all those misunderstandings start to fall away. Like, like just to use the germs and bacteria example again, they had all kinds of misunderstandings about where illness and disease come from. But you send that 12 year old back 200 years and that, that kid would go, well, I know that's how it looks, but actually it's germs and bacteria. And they're like, well, what about when, when you go somewhere really smelly? It's like, well, that's germs and bacteria too. It's like, well, what about this situation? Well, that's germs and bacteria too. It's one answer again and again and again. Uh, and it is, so it just clears a lot of stuff up, a lot of stuff that used to look confusing to me or used to be puzzling and that sort of thing. It's all the same thing. The extrinsic, intrinsic motivate, all the same thing. Same thing over and over again. It's just one issue, one misunderstanding. It really does something for you to see it that simply. What part of the human psyche do you think produces the, the misunderstanding? Is it the ego? The ego is pure misunderstanding. The ego is the, the mistaken belief that we're separate from life. And we're not. We're all part of life. We're all, we're all the same energy taking form in a variety of ways. And the, the ego would have us believe that we're separate and distinct. And as soon as you believe you're separate from the rest of life, insecurity is going to come in, you know. And the reality is we're all part of this wholeness, this oneness, this energy, uh, showing up. So that's what produces it, the mistaken belief that we're separate from life. The right. mistaken belief that we're feeling something out there, separate from us. And it doesn't so, work that way. Yeah, I mean, in a way, you can kind of look at the ego as kind of a, an emotional investment in the, the self and in the notion of self. Well, yeah, it's the idea that there's a self that's separate from everything else, but, but that's not the case. That's not the case. It's, that's, that's all made of thought too. You know, that it's all thought. It's, it's, I remember a, there's a, a Kurt Vonnegut joke. He, he, it's in one of his books. He says, uh, you know that, you know that black stuff in the middle of bird shit? You know what that is? He goes, that's bird shit too. <laughs> and it's like the ego's just more thought. The ego is, Thought generated. It's a thought generated illusion. It doesn't exist. Uh, the, 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 it's thought all the way down. It's all thought. It's this principle of thought, form, moment to moment, and being brought to life by consciousness. And we, we have an experience of that. And that's why we get to experience life, uh, you know, because of these principles. Um, but and so because we can think anything and experience it as real we can believe your girlfriend's cheating on you and feel jealous even though she's not doing no such thing uh that that's how powerful thought is it can create an experience you know our our waking experience of life is created of the same stuff that our dreams are it's the same processes albeit with a live data feed so that's how powerful thought is. And, and uh, so we can believe that the world works in a way that it doesn't. Just like, you know, you say, well, well, where does the idea, where did the idea that the 
sun went round the earth come from? And it's like, well, that that was just how it looked to people. Well, where does the belief that we feel stuff from outside of us come from? Well, that's just how it looks to people. And then we get conditioned into it. Like you look at little kids and they they restore to clarity much more quickly and easily than adults do because they haven't been conditioned as much. But you can see through that conditioning in a heartbeat. That's what an insight does. It it restores your perception to clarity. Would it be fair to say that um, people's own personal sense of reality is mostly as a result of the stories that they tell themselves? Well, I don't know that I would I would put it like that. I would say that your experience of reality is the principle of thought playing out moment to moment. So that whatever is in your thinking is what you're going to experience in the moment. And so if that's a story that you're telling yourself, then that's what you're going to experience. But but that can that what I see with people is that that's actually very fluid and changeable. And someone can be, you know, in the thick of it with some story one minute and the next minute they're feeling great or they're having a laugh or that sort of thing they it's it's kind of i'd say that a person's experience of reality is just going to be the the weather of their thinking that's passing through their mind in that moment right so we can we can change the stories that we tell ourselves in order to change our reality i guess you could and we do but i i'm not advising people to do that i advise i advise people to uh to get a better understanding of where their experience is coming from, because you understand that, and you're not going to buy into any particular story. You know, you, when when you don't understand the nature of TV shows, the best bet you got is to change the channel. But the moment you understand the nature of TV shows, you can watch any channel and enjoy it, or not enjoy it, but not get freaked out by it either. Right. So, um, to wrap up, can you tell us more about your 2014? What are you working on? What are your plans for the year? Yeah, sure. We're working on a number of different things. I've, I've, uh, I'm, when I first got to this understanding, uh, there, there were very few people teaching it and sharing it. So I've made it part of my mission to kind of create a delivery capacity as, uh, for that. So I teach practitioners, clarity practitioners in this understanding. So we, we're teaching 35, at the moment, and then we've got a new intake in September of this year, so I'm working on that. I'm taking this into business, working with a healthcare screening company who are who are doing this with with uh, businesses. I'm uh, the clarity's starting to get picked up by uh, sports professionals, so I may be doing some work in that area. And really, Th- just thanks for getting storage scoring again. By the yeah, way. yeah, glad I could help. I'll, I'll give credit for that. <laughs> um, and and really just following this energy wherever it goes. I'm also in the process of writing a vision for uh, what I call the thought revolution. Uh, uh, you know, it seems to me that, you know, you asked me earlier, why am I passionate about this? And it's because I really see awakened humanity as a possibility. And we're in this time of profound change because of the digital revolution and all kinds of other things happening. And so it, I, you know, and the other thing, JJ is it's it's often about 60 or 70 years from the first big insight with a new paradigm before it starts to become ubiquitous. Well, it's 40 years down the line since Sid Banks first saw this. And uh, it looks to me like within the next 15 to 20 years, it could be widespread. I'm seeing it spreading at such a rate. People get impacted. I, I went and did a workshop in, in Norway uh, with my friends Morton and uh, Knut. 
uh, for a bunch oh, of guys I, out I know. there. You know those guys? So they've just taken it and run with it. They've been so impacted by it. So we're going to be doing more workshops around that stuff. And I just really see people getting a feel for the, the simple common sense of this and it, you know, transforming their lives. And so that I'm writing that vision at the moment. Uh, um, and, and we'll see where it takes us. You know, I want to get that out into the world and just sharing this with anyone who wants to listen. Uh, you know, so my, uh, my website, jamiesmart.com, I've got lots of free resources there that people can check out. Uh, I do coaching with people and training and li- do lots of speaking. I'm, I'm speaking at uh, some business schools this year, uh, just to share this wherever, wherever the energy is going to take it, because I really see that, that we're at a, we're at a transformational point in history and, uh, what an exciting time to be alive. I totally, so, yeah, I totally what, believe that too. That's what my 2014 <laughs> looks like. Jamie, that sounds awesome. Thanks for coming on the show. It's been great. Oh, to- it's, it's a huge pleasure. Thanks for asking me, JJ. Much appreciated. Thanks for listening, everyone. I've been your host, JJ Roberts, author of the number one Amazon bestseller, Sex 3.0. As always, you can learn more about Sex 3.0 by going to the official website. Quickest way to find that is just type Sex 3.0 into Google. Totally work-friendly. Don't worry. And do check out our online video course entitled Unfenced Relationships. We have a bunch of free videos, best part of two hours worth, on how to defeat jealousy and possessiveness and have as many girlfriends or boyfriends as you want and still be totally honest and authentic. No lying, no cheating, jealousy or possessiveness. Go to unfencedrelationships.com to check that out. And I will see you in the next podcast. Until then, live freely, love without fear, and take it to the next level.